I'm going to do something a bit different. There was a request made of maybe trying, um, like going through a book in the Bible instead of picking a theme and bringing scriptures together on a theme. And this person asked if I could go through the book of Acts. Now, it turns out the book of Acts has 28 chapters, but we'll... uh, there's a lot in the book of Acts. So I thought, well, right, I'll start in Acts chapter 1. Now, we read a lot of the first chapters of Acts. And then, I mean, as I prepare talks beyond Acts chapter 2, there's just little snippets, of course, Acts 19, Acts chapter 10, and there's the occasional verse here and there. But um, it's it's not as ref- not referred to as much as you know, like the Book of Matthew. Um, I remember I used to get, um, I suppose, annoyed. I suppose annoyed is the right word. Where I'd be putting scriptures together and I'd end up in Matthew. <laughs> what about Mark, Luke, or John? And I was like, oh, there's, there's got to be something in Mark or Luke or John to offset. Until finally, I relaxed and thought, no, Matthew is the best one. <laughs> Uh, So, okay, that's it. Matthew explains things really well. So anyway, I digress. Well, let's start with Acts chapter 1, and we'll go through um, some scriptures, well, some verses in the book of Acts. Um, So there's a lot that happens. Uh, It's a pretty action-packed book, Acts. But uh, so I'll be repeating a few things um, as we read through first couple of chapters, but here it says uh, in verse 1, it says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now, you don't have to turn there, but um, uh, that ver- first verse gives a hint to us that Luke may have been the author because in Luke chapter 1, And verse 3, it says, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus. So there's a link between the book of Acts and the book of Luke. So we think, possibly, uh, the book of Acts was written by Luke. And uh, Luke follows Paul around later on in the book of Acts. He joins up with Paul's ministry. Luke was uh, that physician, the doctor, and he's very precise in the way he writes. So uh, here in verse 1 it says, That former treatise as well have I made. So referring, we think, to the book of Luke as being that former treatise that outlined the things that Jesus did and taught. And that's what the book of Luke does, along with Matthew, Mark and John as well. What Jesus did, he came here on earth and uh, they made an account from a distance, observing and listening to what Jesus did and taught. Um, and so uh, that's a key as well in this wording. Um, and then it goes, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And uh, I've referred to this before, and uh, these two verses say a lot. They say a lot about this, uh, this moment in time, this, this, uh, this pivot point in time where before then it was about 
from a distance, looking at what Jesus did, what he, listening to what he taught, and then after that, it was all about the Holy Ghost. After that, it was through the Holy Ghost that commandments were given to the apostles, the followers of Jesus, the disciples, whom he chosen. Uh, it's a, from when he would, uh, it says that, until the day in which he was taken up. So, of course, he's taken up from earth. He can't do and teach things. And then after that, the Holy Ghost was given to people. Uh, it's just amazing, these two verses, what they say about this point in time and um, the true difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, between the Old Law and the New Covenant, uh, was this uh, time uh, when the Holy between when the Holy Ghost uh, was poured out. And, uh, and it says also in, uh, in Hebrews uh, chapter 1 where um, it says, uh, God who in sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And that's through the Holy Ghost. Verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion or after his crucifixion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So um, Jesus died on the cross. He was in the grave for three days and then he rose again by the power of the Holy Spirit and for 40 days he was speaking of, of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you've heard of me. For John truly baptised with water, but ye shall be baptised with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. And that verse 5 uh, is one of the few verses that are repeated in all four Gospels, and it's repeated twice in the book of Acts. And... Um, if you're looking for an, an important scripture, if it's repeated in all four Gospels and it's repeated twice in Acts, that's an important scripture. Um, there's one verse that can be interpreted in isolation, perhaps in Romans, that if you give your heart to the Lord, you'll be saved. But that's one taken in isolation. This is one verse that's in, repeated five times. And, uh, and, yeah, Andrew said that in his testimony about giving your heart to the Lord and they're just ignoring this thing that's repeated over and over again. Baptised with the Holy Ghost. Uh, verse 6. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, that Holy Ghost and power and fire. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. It would have been amazing. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, when you stand there looking steadfast what's just happened you know this uh this person son of god son of man talking about risen from the dead uh in power talking about power 
um, asking this same person, uh, will you restore the kingdom to Israel? And he raises up and is taken in by the clouds. So wouldn't you be amazed, looking steadfastly, wondering what happened? Uh, But then it goes, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. And that's what we look forward to, is Jesus Christ coming back. Here it is written here again, that he'll come back in the same way. Then return they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day journey. And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. And it's important there how it says the number were about 120. It's funny how uh, it's emphasised that we don't know exactly how many there were. Um, I mean, there's the instance where they caught 153 fish. So they can obviously count up to 153. Uh, this is an important thing. These people are the last followers of Jesus Christ and they say, oh, it was about 120. Um, and so uh, it, it doesn't matter how many there were. There were about 120, whereas that story of the fish, that 153 number made sense. There was a point to that number. And uh, whereas here, followers of Jesus, about 120, compared to the thousands that were fed, tens of thousands that followed him. Verse 16, men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake, before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. And this reference to um, the scripture that needs to be fulfilled, so Jesus fulfilled scripture, but then it says, which by inspiration of the Holy Ghost through the mouth of David. So the book of Psalms, uh, there's a lot in the book of Psalms about Jesus Christ, about his death, about his resurrection and things. But David also wrote concerning Judas. That's what Peter says here. And there was a friend of David called um, Ahithophel. Uh, He betrayed David when um, his son Absalom took the kingdom. And Ahithophel was a very close friend of David. And David fled. But Ahithophel stayed with Absalom. And it's well worth reading the story that um, David then sent Hushai, I think his name was, to confound the wisdom of Ahithophel. Ahithophel was a very wise man that David listened to. And he was actually a very wise, giving wise advice to Absalom as well. But David needed that wisdom confounded so that Absalom wouldn't succeed. And it worked. Um, Ahithophel ended up hanging himself out of shame because his wisdom was rejected. And it was, it was a foretelling of, Je- of Judas, a close friend of Jesus Christ. 
who would betray him. Uh, So it's amazing the life that David led. Uh, He experienced a lot which led him to write things about the future inspired by the Holy Ghost. So it was there, it is there in the book of Psalms, written by David himself. Verse 17, for he was numbered with us and had obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst and all his bowels gushed out. Uh, So yeah, quite a gory uh, picture there. Verse 19, and it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue Asildamar, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein and his bishopric let another take. Okay, so he'll be replaced. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John unto that same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, and uh, that really means the son of Sabus, Bar is the son of or child of, who was surnamed Justice and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship, from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. It's an interesting little event there where they, in their own strength, appointed a replacement for Judas. And how did they work it out? They picked two and then threw a dice <laughs> or flipped a coin, really flipped, flipped a coin, and the, Lord gui- the, the idea was the Lord guided the way that lot fell. But there was, um, it wasn't chosen by, he wasn't chosen by God. Um, and Matthias, uh, he's not mentioned in the book of Acts. Um, it, the uh, Paul, the apostle himself, he writes that he was uh, born out of season. Um, so we believe that it was actually Paul that was the 12th apostle. Um, he was caught up into the third heaven. He was chosen by God, plucked out by God. Uh, there was no tossing of coins or rolling of dice with Paul. Uh, he was separated by God. And uh, this, act, this um, action here was done by people not filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, so it's an odd little thing there. The Lord's put it in the Bible for a reason. Uh, and, uh, and it's here in the book of Acts. But uh, when you tie all the scriptures together, it appears that Paul uh, is probably the, uh, the 13th apostle or the one to replace Judas. And then we get into um, uh, chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And uh, Pentecost just comes from the word 50. So uh, I said before that he was three days in the grave, 40 days walking on earth, confirming the word. So to add up to 50, they must have been praying for the Holy Spirit in that upper room for a week, for seven days. 
Uh, they were following the instruction of Jesus Christ. Uh, do not leave Jerusalem until you uh, receive the Holy Ghost and power. So that's what they did in faith, came together these about 120 people. And then comes the day of Pentecost, which was a feast. It was a uh, Jewish feast. We think it correlated in time to um, the giving of the law on Mount Sinai. So we think it, when they gave the law on Mount Sinai, it was 50 days after the Passover was sacrificed when they left Egypt. Uh, so they celebrated that time each year um, and it was called uh, Pentecost in the Greek tongue, the, uh, the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What a relief that verse is in the Bible. Uh, what a relief that uh, this was the first time that Holy Spirit was poured out uh, en masse for people to dwell within people permanently and they received it and they spoke in tongues. Love the clarity. We all love that clarity. And then... Verse 5, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews. These were witnesses, devout men out of every nation under heaven because they'd come from the surrounding nations to celebrate this feast at Pentecost. Uh, they'd come as part of their religious uh, belief to come to Jerusalem for the Pentecostal feast. And so they were there and they heard these people speaking in tongues. Verse 6, now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, i.e. they were confused, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Um, there's a group that believes that tongues is the ability to preach the gospel. And, um, and they use this passage as evidence but the people, the multitude that came together were confused. So um, we have a bit of an idea now of what is actually said when we speak in tongues. We don't understand it. It bypasses our brain, but there's no teaching that's happening. They just recognised their own language. They recognised, hey, there's words there that is my own language. Now, these people are Galilean, which is in the north of um, Israel and kind of backward. Um, and, uh, but they heard them speak in their own language. Verse 7, And they were all amazed and marvelled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? And then it lists them from all sorts of countries, Parthians and Medes. There, of course, there was the Medo-Persian Empire. That's, the Medes were over near Iran. And Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia, which was like Turkey, and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, and in Egypt, and in parts of Libya, which is the other side of Egypt, and Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes, that's an island, and the Arabians, which is uh, you know Saudi Arabia and so forth, we do hear them speak in our tongues and wonderful works of God. 
So they hear them speak about the wonderful works of God. They don't hear them uh, teaching anything. And they're all amazed and were in doubt, i.e. confused, saying one to another, what means this? You know, what is this spectacle? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. You know, um, in our meetings, we're encouraged to uh, operate the gifts of the Holy Spirit decently and in order. And uh, if everyone has a tongue and everyone has a prophecy and there's, there's no order, will they not think you're mad? And it's just such a relief that's there. And, uh, and here they're mocking, saying, oh, they're full of new wine. There's no structure. They're speaking in tongues. They're mad. You know, uh, what's going on here? This is a new thing. It doesn't make sense. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and so with all these words and confusion, mocking, you know, thinking they were drunk, uh, verse 14, but Peter standing up with the 11 lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Third hour of the day is about nine o'clock. Uh, thinking, thinking there is that the sun rises at six, which is uh, the start of the day, the Jewish day. So nine o'clock in the morning, um, they can't be drunk yet. Verse 16, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Um, and then he quotes this scripture out of Joel. It's interesting he quotes the scripture out of Joel. Joel is a minor prophet. Um, I believe this is evidence that he had access to the Old Testament. I mean, he, he could have quoted Psalms with big one, Isaiah, but he picked this, uh, obviously led by the Spirit, this little scripture in the book of Joel, uh, an obscure book, a tiny book um, in the Old Testament, but uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, this wonderful prophecy and he, he quotes from Joel uh, with power here. Verse 17, And it came to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I'll pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So unto everyone, it doesn't matter what your social ranking is. It doesn't matter how old you are. Uh, there's no difference anymore. You're all unified. And I'll show new wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapour of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So we use that term saved because it's in the Bible. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. That there is a key scripture as well. It's actually impossible for 
Jesus to remain dead. It's actually impossible for God to die. Um, it was not possible that death could, be, could hold Jesus Christ. Um, and so he died as a show to, uh, to replace us. He died that we may live. Just like the, uh, the sacrificial lamb died that uh, God's people could live. That's how sin's forgiven. That uh, this person who uh, could not die at all uh, dropped down to, uh, to that level of death but then raised up because it was impossible for him to stay there. Verse 25, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. So according to the flesh, that's uh, David, I'm sorry, Jesus, according to the flesh, was a descendant of King David. Uh, He was uh, the son of God uh, through the spirit, but through the flesh, a a descendant of, of King David. Verse 31, he, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which you now see and hear. And that's important as well. It's something that you can see and hear. What a relief that is. Evidence. Speaking in tongues, there you go. They have the Holy Spirit. There's that clarity as well. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I reckon that's an amazing inspiration uh, that Peter got that. Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, he was able to articulate that He was able to bring it all together into one verse explanation for us to read and uh, and for others to hear and then act on. It's amazing. It's amazing that, uh, but it was only because he had the Holy Spirit dwelling in him and uh, was able to draw on and remember what Jesus taught him. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words. So he kept going. He kept teaching and encouraging. Did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation? 
Then they that gladly received his word were baptised, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul. Fear, the fear of the Lord. You know, that uh, God is real, that we crucified Jesus Christ, but, hey, we're free now. We're, uh, we, can, um, we can live, you know, before the living God. Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. Amazing testimony. They continued their life. It was just an amazing uh, way to lead their life. You know, breaking bread daily, going house to house. That was just all they did. Remembering the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's the breaking of the bread. That's the communion that they had every day. Remembering. And so if these people witnessed it with their own eyes and they were undertaking the communion service so they wouldn't forget. How about us 2,000 years ago that we uh, continue to... uh, to partake in the communion service, to remember what Jesus Christ did and then having favour with all people, change their lives, walking in truth, you know, no longer do it being rat bags but change their lives and uh, as we heard in the gifts, being uh, a light in a dark place. And so it's just amazing those couple of chapters, the first two chapters of Acts, very important, uh, like I said, a, a pivotal time uh, in history where it goes from Old Testament to New Testament, Old Covenant, New Covenant, uh, and it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord, we are this side of that pivotal moment in time. Okay, thank you.